Good morning and welcome back. <laughs> so hi and welcome back to the uh, Thought Architecture audios slash podcast slash whatever this needs to be. Uh, if you're here, you're the type of person who wants a better model, a better latticework, a better understanding of things around you. And hopefully this presents you with at least some ideas, if not gives you the very thing that you're looking for. Now, the very simple point of all of this is that the more you can level up your game with regard to your thought architecture, the more cognitive capacity increases. Now, when I say cognitive capacity, I'm not just meaning like, oh, your ability to calculate maths. You know, it's more the idea of how resilient are you to the world around you? How much can you make sense of the world around you? And how much does the world around you push you into states of fight or flight, stress, anxiety responses, etc.? You know, and understanding what the mechanics are is what this is all about. Once you understand the mechanics, you can start playing with the mechanics. And so we can talk about that a little bit later. For now, let's kick into part three of what I call the human operating system. So part one was an introduction to the ideas. Uh, part two was principle number one, which is no one is an island entirely unto themselves. So it's part of the social brain, right? Um, so this is principle number two. And principle number two is that emotions trump logic. It's just a nice way to say it. Emotions trump logic. Okay, so what do I mean by this? So it's very simple that our physical bodies are hardwired around emotions, right? So anytime we're in a fight or flight stress response, we're feeling quote unquote negative emotions. Okay. That being said, the very simple point is that when we are in these negative states, we don't think. Okay. Um, if we're in aroused states, which is, let's say, a positive state or let's say just a state where things are activated, um, you know, it depends on the arousal as well. And a lot of the time it feels like our logic isn't clear, we can't understand things clearly, we can't make clear decisions because we're too influenced by our emotions. And that's very simply put, you know, the second principle is looking at this mechanism of, okay, cool, I am totally being influenced by my emotions right now. How? How am I being influenced? So fight or flight is quite easy and that's like physical survival. Great. What happens during that? Well, Basically, your body and all the chemicals running around in your body perform a chokehold maneuver on your rational mind and basically take control. So, you know, um, one of the previous uh, audios, I talked about the emotional spine, knee-jerk emotional responses to an environmental stimulus because that's what your brain thinks you need to do. So the same could be said for love, love patternings, things like that. So very simply put, it's this idea that Yes, our logic makes plans and everything seems very logical, but then emotions derail logic. And most of the time we get into bad habits as well because of unmet emotional needs or emotional trauma as well. So something that's quite interesting is that when you look at trauma and if you go through, if, um, you know, psychological testings on people who have experienced extreme abuse and extreme trauma as children and what they look like as adults. You know, there are um, strong behavioral patterns of, you know, dealing with trauma in 
you know, unhealthy ways where as children, it was the only way that they knew how to cope with it or they were taking a very blunt approach to dealing with trauma. And as, the res as a result, as adults, they're very unhealthy adults. And so that's this very simple point of saying that like we're all the same. We all have the same hardwiring. So even what you would consider a quote unquote an unhealthy person psychologically or physically, that person has probably experienced some insane trauma in their lives. And this is a tool that they're using to cope with that trauma. And it's usually not a, a rational decision that they've made. And so the question is, it's like, well, cool. How many non-rational, how many emotional decisions have you made based on this type of thing? Now, this is all talking about, um, you know, emotions. And so there are a lot of things that we can actually measure in the body to tell if we are functioning out of a place of emotions versus a place of, let's say, logic, rationality, clear thinking. So that being said, there's obviously a lot to talk about here. What are the types of emotions? You know, what's like where what's your starting point, etc. But a good rule of thumb is to actually just look at are you coming from a place where you have no emotions? You've detached so much from feeling that you're a little bit more apathetic. Or are you coming from a place where you feel too much? You are unable to regulate your emotions as well. And this is wrecking havoc on your life. So as humans, it becomes one of the principal factors that we need to learn the mechanics that govern us. And emotions are definitely a large part of that mechanic as well. And so personally, socially, emotions can come in. So for example, if I say you could fall on your face with no one around you, okay? And how does that feel? Yeah, it doesn't feel so great. But what about if you fall on your face um, with people ex who accept you around you? And how does that feel? So for example, family and friends who love you, and when you fall on your face, they've got concern for you. How does that adjust your feelings? Um, what about if you fall down in the middle of a street? So um, how does that adjust your feelings in a crowd of strangers that you don't know anything about? And then the last one is a crowd of people that you want to put, you know, your best foot forward, quote unquote. Um, you want to have a good impression made. You know, can you imagine falling down in front of them? And so all four scenarios, how would you feel in each of these cases? And my guess is that each one of them, you're going to have a different feeling. You know, whether that's, um, you know, a big difference or a small difference, there still is going to be a difference. And so to say that our social aspects of our lives will actually change how we emotionally respond in these cases as well. And then how much work have we done around ourselves, around our self-confidence, etc. So if we're um, younger, we've done a lot less work on ourselves. We tend to think of these situations as being much more important, much more dire, you know, thing, these things are going to change our lives. Versus, I think the older we are, the less we, we give a shit. We're just like, eh, it doesn't matter, it's fine, whatever, I fell over, everybody falls over, it's fine. And we have this history and experience that has shaped our perception as well. And so what can we do to get there? So a lot of the work that can be done is about understanding emotions, not divorcing from emotions, but understanding them and doing what you need to do in the moments with the emotions. So. One of my favorite things to do, if you check out Insight Timer and you look for my name, you'll find I've got my most popular meditation is called the Smile Bank Meditation. And that's a meditation to help you become a little bit more happy 
okay and it's it's there's low-hanging fruit like for example um, thinking about puppies and kittens and things like that and as you progress you can start to feel you know that there's different ways to smile you can smile because you're proud of yourself as well and it's a little bit more difficult it's something that you have to practice if you're not used to practicing it but you can build up to those kind of points so that's trying to get yourself into a positive state but then emotionally as well there are ways to work out of negative states as well by sitting in there and and emotionally repatterning so there's a lot of work that comes into creating beliefs around things which comes from trauma but again you know there's a lot of activating agents in your environment that creates triggers so let's loop back okay emotions are part of the human mechanism the human emotion uh, sorry the human operating system and that's something that we need to um, you know look after basically understand the mechanics so we can uh, manipulate it if we know that there is a manual transmission gearbox we can shift from first gear to second gear third gear fourth fifth reverse you know we can put on the brakes whatever we need to do okay as long as we recognize that the emotions are part of us and they are not the same as who you are okay so if you are in this particular situation and you're feeling a particular emotion you're just like this is who i am i always feel this emotion in these cases i'm, I'm just i'm just a depressed person no you're not you have the potential to manipulate that mechanism and do what you need to do to get out of that whether it be therapy um you know some kind of you know antipsychotic or something like that like please remember to consult a professional don't trust your own opinion it's that simple there are people out there who have studied their entire lives to know more about this than you so go and get a couple of different opinions go and find a couple of different approaches you know explore this topic you are not locked into these things fight or flight responses these extreme stress survival emotions tend to shut down everything else happiness happiness tends to lead to better creativity better problem solving stronger um, you know stronger social bonds as well and what's interesting about this we can quickly take a, a jump backwards for a second is that um, our emotions create desires and our desires lead us to make decisions so if you're having a difficult time making a decision make that decision around an emotional well I want this thing so let me go there and if you tie it back to the first principle which is about socializing there was a very interesting thing a while ago that I read which was saying like if you if you wouldn't be friends with this person don't do business with them if you don't like interacting with them don't do business with them and it's it's pretty much the same said all across the board where your social relationship and the emotional fuel you get with it will definitely bleed over into your life and your satisfaction with life. So there's a lot to be said about the emotions. Now, the last thing that I will say um, on this point is that um, happiness usually um, will open up the mind and allow a lot of things to come through. This is great in social relationships. But a lot of the studies show a lot of the uh, the interesting anecdotal kind of things on teams and groups show that shared vulnerability in a group setting is actually the thing that um, that can connect you together with a community. So, you know, when you do trust falls at the company retreats and things like that, you know, sure, that's a form of it as well. 
the Navy SEALs have got something called Hell Week, and they usually are asked to do tasks which require the entire group perform or fail as one, in which case, you know, it's up to the group to share the load. If someone's weaker, if someone's stronger, that person has to step up, you know. So there's a lot of things that can be said about creating a group dynamic through shared suffering. Now, yeah, that sucks. But this is ultimately something that creates those strong bonds. And for evolutionary purposes, it sure it makes sense. It does make sense. So in saying all of that, I think I will leave it there. There's a lot of cool stuff that I can talk about. Um, there's a lot of cool research out there that I'm going to talk about in future episodes, but I'm just going to take an, um, an individual approach to, to each of these things and, and show you what I'm talking about. Um, do not, this is my personal advice, do not get bogged down with people making cute plays on words. You know, like, well, this is a feeling and this is an emotion. <clears throat> that's one that I've heard. And I'm like, that's amazing. But, you know, ultimately it's the same thing. I'm, I, I thought that I was feeling anger, but you're telling me that anger is a feeling, but the emotion behind that is fear or like, I, I don't know. It's, there's no need to get into the thick of things. It's, it's basically what can you observe. And I think this is one of the biggest things is coming at this from a place where what can we observe? And with emotions, we're observing behaviors. And basically, we're looking inside a big black hole that is your, your heart, your head. You know, we can't take an x-ray of your head and see what your emotions are. But we can do the next best thing, which is we can observe your behaviors. And maybe we can find metrics in the body as well. What is your blood pressure doing? What is your heart rate doing? What is your respiration rate doing? Um, you know, which part of your brain is light, lighting up? Um, and then obviously, to what degree does placebo come into play here? To what degree are you fooling yourself, essentially? Um, and knowing that mechanism, how can we manipulate that mechanism as well? So coming at this from the place of, yes, emotions trump logic from everything that we can observe of behavior and everything that we can see in the body, we can observe that um, we are much more emotional as creatures. We are not Descartian animals. You know, I think, therefore I am cogito ergo sum. It's not as simple as that. It's more this point of Yes, we can think. A lot of that is, is through the development of the social brain theory, the social brain hypothesis. But it comes in to say that, well, our emotions are things that have served us very well, evolutionary speaking, for a very, very, very long time. And that's it. So join me as I deep dive into uh, further emotional reasoning and, and all kinds of things like that in the future. Um, there's some cool stuff. Like the fact that uh, happiness actually doesn't exist. There isn't an emotion called happy. Um, and that's quite interesting. So there's two points to, to discuss there. But, uh, oh, so exciting. So exciting. I can't wait. So that's lined up. But before I do that, let's finish up today and say thank you very much. Um, much more to come in the future. Let me know what you think. I'd be more than grateful if you were to give me 
you know, some kind of feedback, uh, put a comment down below. Let me know. Challenge me. Challenge me. Bring, bring your rationales. Bring your, bring your studies. Because any kind of uh, tempering or stress testing helps make these things stronger. You know, these principles, these mental models get stronger and stronger the more that they get challenged. So definitely my mental models are not fragile. Bring it. Bring it on. Click my fingers. Do my head shake. All right. Um, I'm Justin. I hope you have a great day. And re remember to enjoy the process.